The web's Michael Smith. It's episode 58 of the Canes cast. You know what that means? What's that? We haven't been cut yet. Yeah, here we are. What? Two two weeks into training camp. Yeah, the last time uh, we we talked to you guys was the, was the second day of training camp, and it's been busy since, and that's why Kane's cast has not regularly been in your ears, but uh, we hope to return to our uh, normal every Monday schedule very soon. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get that out every Monday or Tuesday at the latest, but lots of travel for the Webb's Michael Smith and uh, me the past few weeks. It's just the way that the schedule seems to set up, but... Yeah. Uh, we're coming back with a vengeance, Michael Smith. We have on the show today head coach Rod Brindamore. We'll get his take on training camp these two weeks, looking ahead to the final two preseason games, uh, what he's liked out of his team this preseason, and there's a lot to like. So we'll get to that. Plus, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to opening night. Yeah, it's a, it's a hot ticket. The Hurricanes open here at home on Thursday, October 4th, against the New York Islanders, and we have two lower-level seats that we're going to give away to one of our loyal listeners. So stay tuned for details on how you can win those uh, in just a little bit. Here's a hint. Five stars. Yeah. that I mean, it starts with that, really. <laughs> really, we can be bought. If we yes. haven't proven that in the previous 57 episodes of the Canes cast, I don't know what we can, but we're willing to be bought for a five-star review. Yeah. And if you know sponsors want to sponsor us and deliver the goods, we're here. Yeah. There's nothing that we won't sell. We like well to within think, within limits. Yeah, it's got within reason. You know, we have certain boundaries. We're just you know, but we're open. Yeah, you know, I mean, approach us. We're yeah. very approachable. We'll at people. least have the discussion. Exactly, dialogue is healthy. Speaking of discussions, Michael, generally in preseason, there are a few things that you look at. There's some bumps. There's some moments where you're like, oh well, that could have been a little bit better. And honestly, with the Carolina Hurricanes preseason, I don't know how it could go any better than what it has for new head coach Rod Brindamore, new majority owner Tom Dundon, for Don Waddell to move back into the general manager's role and put the product that we've seen on the ice for the first at the recording of this four preseason games. Not only have the Carolina Hurricanes been good, they've been dominant, and they've been dominant with different groups. They haven't just thrown their NHL team out over the boards night after night. They've put the young players on the ice to see how that they can impress. And honestly, for me, there are a few players that have really stood out as far as being impressive with an opportunity to make the opening night roster. And before we talk about the positives, there is one negative, the Victor Rask injury that's opened up a roster spot. He was a player that I thought was going to be counted on heavy to get back to the guy a few seasons ago that this team could depend on make them stronger down the middle. It's just an unfortunate accident in the kitchen with a, a, a kitchen knife for Victor Rask where he cut through some tendons on his fingers, and it's just a really tough, tough break for Victor Rask because I think he was ready to come out and have a really good season, Michael. But in sports, there is the next man up opportunity, and I believe a lot of these young players – have seen that this door is open, and they're trying to do their best to make it hard for this coaching staff and the management staff to send these guys to Charlotte to start the season when they know that there's an opening that they could probably help fill here right away. And the guy I have at the top of my list is Warren Fogle. Yeah, I, he, I think, and I was asked this in, in tweet mail yesterday, uh, plug for tweet mail if you haven't read it, go read it, but um, he, to me, I think has been the most impressive player here in the preseason, and that's not a slight against a guy like Warren Fogel, or excuse me, a guy like Andrei Svechnikov, yep. or a guy like Martin Nachos, or even a guy like Sebastian Ajo, who's been around for a few years, Scott Darling. 
those players have all been impressive in their own rights, but we kind of know what to expect from those players. With Warren Fogle, we saw him up for two games last season, uh, a quick two-game showcase in late March. He scored a goal in both games, so he made his presence known immediately. Well, first off, he's a goal-a-game player in the NHL. Yeah. I mean, not even Wayne Gretzky can say that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, but coming into this, uh, coming into training camp, we figured him to be uh, in the mix of, of players who would be competing for one of these available roster spots. But you never really know what you're going to get from a guy who who has had just that taste of the NHL. He's going into his second professional season. But I think he's come in and he's been the exact kind of player the Hurricanes thought he was. Yep. He, he works incredibly hard each and every shift. He kills penalties very aggressively. He's got a nose for the net. And pucks seem to go in when the puck is on a stick. I mean, you saw it the other night in Nashville. He's just, he's got, Clark Bishop makes a nice move uh, to sort of stick handle around a couple of defensemen. And then Warren Fogle has a stick down ready to receive the pass, throws it at the net because he sees there's a bit of a screen, goaltender's leaning a bit, and it ends up going in. So it's, he's doing everything correctly. And when you talk about, when you talk to Rod Brendamore and you hear him talk about earning it, earning your ice time, earning your, your spot on the team, that's exactly what Warren Fogle has done this preseason, and that's why, to me, he's been the most impressive player in training camp. Yeah, absolutely. And when you talk to Rod Brindamore, and as you did the other night after the game in Nashville, and ask him about Warren Fogle, and he says he's representing what it means to be a hurricane. Yeah. I mean, those are big words from yeah. the head coach. And the other reason why I think that Warren Fogle has stood out how does he score his goals, Michael? He is a guy who is on the penalty kill and five on five. You know, you don't have to put him on the power play. 28 goals last year in, in Charlotte, no power play minutes, really or rarely power play time for Warren Fogle. So this isn't – I don't want this to come across as a backhanded compliment, so stop me if you can or if you feel it's going down that road, giving you the, the green light to do this. Okay. But you can have Warren Fogle make the opening night roster – and he is not going to be one of these guys where you have to say, well, you've got to give him top six minutes to find out if he can play right. in this league. You can put him on your third or fourth lines, however you want to equate him, and coaches don't use that terminology anymore. But you can put him on a grind line. You can put him on the line centered by Jordan Martinook if you want to do that, uh, where it looks like Jordan Martinook is going to be a, a, the fourth line center for this team. But he gives you an extra penalty killer and he's not taking a spot from somebody else who you want to give a look into the top six. I think he is right now, barring something that happens in the last two games of the preseason, a guy that I have in pencil in the opening night lineup, but I'm pretty quick to switch to ink if you want me to. Yeah, I mean, he's he's come in and, and, and proven in a pretty short period of time that he belongs in this league, and, and that's – you're going to see big things, I think, from from a guy like Martin H.S., a guy like Andrei Svechnikov, Sebastian Ajo. You're going to see big things from them. Those are elite players. Warren Fogel's very talented, but like you were saying, you don't need him to play top six minutes. You don't need him to, to contribute on the power play every night. You just want him to be him, and that's that's a hardworking player. who He's not going to take a shift off. Every time his skates touch the ice, he's going to work as hard as anybody else on the ice, if not harder. 
Uh, he's going to kill penalties aggressively, and he's going to go to the net. He's going to throw pucks to the net. That's exactly what he did last year when he came here, too. Is, uh, and he scored both of his goals on just being aggressive, throwing the puck to the net. That's how he's going to succeed. So I think, uh, to me, I've been very impressed uh, with his play in training camp. I think uh, it's not exactly, I wouldn't say, a surprise that he's going to make the opening night roster. No. Um, but it's good to see a guy like that come in and compete the way he has because that's that's exactly what Rod Brendamore wanted to see uh, in training camp is make these decisions hard on him. And I think that's one that maybe the coaching staff wasn't expected to have to make. You know, Maybe you figure, okay, he starts the season down in Charlotte and, and works his way up to the big club, but now he's basically challenged them and, and put the ball in their court saying, look, you know, I've I've pretty much earned it. What's it going to be? And I think I think he's going to be on this team on October fourth. Yeah, I think a lot of other guys have also pushed that envelope as to making the case to to be a team player here, to be here October fourth. Mm-hmm. Lucas Walmark, I think, has looked very good. At least he hasn't looked out of place so and, far. And that's a spot too when we talk about Victor Rask's injury. Lucas Walmark was again in that group of of players who would push for a roster spot. But now that door is open even wider yeah. because you've got a position down the middle that you now need to fill, and I think Walmart can can fill that hole, uh, and he's he's capable of doing so. Who else or what else has stood out to you so far in the preseason, games in particular? I think, you know, looking big picture at everything, it's impossible not to get excited about the results that the Hurricanes have had in the preseason. They're, they're 4-0-0. That's the first time in team history that that's happened. And I know it's preseason. I know that means absolutely nothing. When we get to October 3rd and the league opens up, everybody's 0-0-0. and Everybody has zero points. It all starts over. But it's still, obviously, you'd rather win games than lose games. And the way the Hurricanes have won the games has been what's most impressive to me. It's it's the process of it all. It's watching the Hurricanes come in from from day one of training camp from their very first whistle and just start to build this foundation having scored fewer than four goals in a game right having given up more than one 19 to 4 is the goals for to goals against ratio and that's as you said earlier with different lineups veteran and not so veteran against different lineups too, veteran and not so veteran so it, it really hasn't mattered what sort of combinations the Canes throw over the boards or what sort of combinations the Hurricanes are facing down, they're finding success. And it's about, it starts with work. Uh, and that's exactly what Rod Brindamore preached from day one of training camp. And the Hurricanes, to their credit, have bought into that. Yep. And they're doing things that other teams might not be doing in the preseason. They're blocking shots. They're skating hard. Well, they have to, though, because exactly. Rod Brindamore said that that had to be said. And Michael, I'd usually be the first guy to tell you, preseason results mean nothing. I yeah. mean, they really don't mm-hmm. because you look at them and there's a couple of teams that are having great preseasons. Detroit is having a great preseason, and I don't think people are predicting great things for that team. But the reason why this is different for me, it's not that the Canes are 4-0. It's what you did say to, to start this. It's how they're 4-0. They have dominated good teams. I mean, we're talking about playing Tampa and Nashville – and Washington, I mean, these are teams that are really, really A-level hockey clubs when we're going to map out where the season's going to be. And the other night in Nashville, the Canes didn't put out an opening night lineup. No. They put out a lineup where, okay, show me you want to be on this team. 
The Preds threw out what's probably, with the exception of what, P.K. Subban and I think Roman Yossi didn't yeah, suit up. Pretty close. Two, two big guys not to suit up, understandably. But yes. as close as you can to an NHL opening night roster. And the Canes were the better team. By far. So, and so, Peter Laviolette actually skated the Predators yesterday after what he deemed just an unacceptable performance. And the Hurricanes, credit to the Hurricanes for that, for coming out, setting the tone, yep. and, and never letting their foot off the gas. Those... Those are good habits being established now that you hope when the regular season rolls around in another week that it's just second nature. It's this is what we do. This is how we play. Yep. Let's go and do it. How about the goaltending? Because for me, it's that's the biggest question mark heading into October 4th in the yes. regular season. And so far, both Scott Darling and Peter Mrazek have answered the bell as far as is this going to work or can this work for the Carolina Hurricanes? Again, preseason right but i think that they have answered with a resounding we're ready for it for the task to start the year yeah and i guess the caveat to that mrazic has yet to play a full game maybe he gets one in uh friday night against the capitals in washington but scott darling in his first full game the other night in nashville i thought looked looked good um he was sharp he was anytime it got a little scrambly he was able uh, to use his athleticism, to use that flexibility that he's been working on over the offseason in the gym with Bill Berniston, uh, doing Pilates. He's been able to use that to his advantage and, and, and play like the goaltender that the Hurricanes thought he could be. I think uh, Peter Mrazek hasn't faced much uh, no. in his time. And Scott Darling, too, I mean, hasn't had to face a lot of shots. No, it, was, it was a quiet first period against yes. Nashville. Four shots. Business picked up later on for him, but yeah. he was really good. He built, you hear this term a lot, built a game. Mm -hmm. He built an outstanding performance as that Nashville game wore on because there were some breakdowns and he was there. He did what goalies are, are meant to do. He covered up some of the mistakes, some of the breakdowns that some of the players were having, some of the young guys were having, right. some system mistakes, you know, or guys, when I say system mistakes, guys not being in the right spot trying to figure that out. Scott Darling was really good against the Nashville Predators. Yeah, he's been good, and that's encouraging. And Mrazek, I think the knock on him is that, uh, when things tend to go south, he tends to be kind of all over the place. But to me, he's looked very in control uh, of his movements. He's been very in control in the crease. He's been steady. He's been solid. Uh, I've been very impressed with him thus far. Uh, and, and, you know, so much to say between the both of them. I don't know if you could really call one a starter and one a backup. The Hurricanes have, I think, uh, you know, as it stands now, two very capable goaltenders. Um, and they're probably going to need them both right off the bat, uh, right off the bat, because you start at home against the Islanders on Thursday, and then the next night you're in yeah. Columbus for another Metro Division matchup the next night. So you're probably looking at using both goaltenders in, in games one and two right off the bat. So, um, but good things so far uh, from them. And as you said, that that really is, I think, the biggest question mark for this team heading into the season. We know what to expect from the defense. It's going to be good. Uh, the offense, I think, is is going to be good, even you know, considering the loss of, of Jeff Skinner and his goal scoring ability. But then you look at adding a guy like Martin Achas, a guy like Andrei Svechnikov, hoping that Sebastian Ajo can find the net in October. Uh, looking at all of those, I think the offense is going to be just fine. And and through the preseason, obviously, the offense has been uh, more than fine. So then you look then to the goaltending, and and so far so good. And and hopefully again. Uh, that's just a foundation being built right now that can carry over into the regular season. Well, speaking of the man who's the architect of that foundation, he is Rod Brindamore, the head coach 
of the Carolina Hurricanes, and he joins us here on the Canes Cast. We're here with Hurricanes head coach Rod Brindamore. Uh, coach, how's uh, training camp gone for you so far? Well, I think it's been okay. I mean, it's uh, winding down. I never liked training camp as a player. Uh, felt like the, the reason you work out all summer is to play. So what do you need another two weeks to, you know, play games that don't matter? That was my mindset as a coach, especially first time. I've needed some time, so I, I've enjoyed just kind of getting used to the routine. At the same time, kind of anxious to, you know, get down to the nitty-gritty here and play for real. So far, what's been the biggest adjustment going from an assistant coach to, to being the head coach? Mm. I would say just that, you know, at the end of the day, everything kind of falls on your lap and you got to make sure you got everything figured out. And, um, you know, from the littlest details, you got to make sure that everything's covered. And, you know, I'm learning how to utilize my people around me a little better, which has been great. Um, And that's probably the biggest key from being a coach to assistant. Assistant doesn't worry about that. He just gets told what to do. The head coach got to make sure you divvy up the stuff properly. From that end, how helpful has Dean Chenowth and and Jeff Daniels been because they've been head coaches and they can kind of guide you or help you there a little bit? Well, I think they've been great because they, number one, they're just just good personalities. Like we just sit back. There's no, you know, egos around. There's just how can we help and, and, you know, I'm, I mean, we have one big office. I don't know if you've been back there, but it's we all sit together and hash things out and then, you know, make a plan. So I, I really don't think it's a, certainly not a dictatorship in there. And I need the help from these guys, and they've been great. I know that the points don't carry over from the preseason, but it's not just that your team's 4-0 and right now, but how you guys have won. How much does that, when you see that product or go back and look at the tape, do you like what you're seeing from the young guys, the old guys, picking up what you want them to do? Yeah. I love, I love what I'm seeing out of the young guys. I mean, they've all just been competing really hard. And then at the end of the day, what what's the difference? Has been the goaltending has been great, great, great. When we've had tons of breakdowns, and and I expected that, and I'll expect it, you know, next couple of games. And hopefully, as the season moves on, it'll get less and less. But that's going to happen. The way we want to play, there's going to be there's going to be errors made, and they're going to give up chances. And that's why you need goaltending. So if you get that, no one talks about your game and your style of play. Uh, if they're going in, everyone's going to question it. So we need you need goaltending. What has been a message that you've tried to get through to this group here from, from really day one of training camp? Well, you, you play hard. You know, take pride in what you do, how you do it, and who you do it with. And, you know, it's it's that's the message. It's plain and simple. I mean, if we, if we don't start with the compete factor being high, then we have no chance to do anything else that we're trying to accomplish. So, I mean, if we do nothing but work hard and don't even worry about anything we're doing system-wise, we'll, we'll probably be in, in the game, you know. Uh, and then obviously dial in what we're trying to do and it should give us a, a good advantage. I know it's training camp, but a lot of guys have, have told us that they're having fun. They want to be at the rink. They're, they're excited about coming to the rink. How important is it? kind of setting that tone for the guys that this is a place where when we're here, we got work to do, but it's, it's okay to have fun when you're here too. Well, you have to have fun. I mean, you guys know this. If your job you know, sucks, you, it's, you're not going to have fun doing it, and you're not going to do a very good job with it. So you want to have fun. I think Tom, our owner, did a nice job of you know, making sure you know we got a new locker room set up, and I think that's been a real positive review from the players. And, you know, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy coming in there, watching the, the workouts. I enjoy watching the guys after the workouts kind of hang out. And, you know, some guys get out of here. I would have got out of here too if I could, but a lot of guys are hanging around. And 
um, it's uh, it's becoming a real place, to, uh, a good family kind of feeling there, and, and uh, hopefully we can keep building on that. And how has Bill, uh, really Bill Berniston, really taken a hold of those uh, off-ice workouts and, and made them a, a daily awesome. thing? It's great, and you know what? What I love about it, I talk about the coaching staff, but he's really a coach too, and and all that off-ice stuff is so important, as you guys know, and I just turn it over to him. I don't even have to worry about it. Like, we literally talk every day, but it's not about that. I know he's got it covered. And, you know, he brings a great, you know, knowledge to what he's doing, but the enthusiasm, as you guys know, it's, it, it's he's fun to be around. Guys want to be in there. And um, so it's easy right now, I know, but uh, I think no matter what goes on, um, I'm pretty confident that, you know, we got it covered in there on his end. When you, you see the players today, the, the shape that they come in, like you said, training camp, when you came in the league, and it wasn't that long ago, Rod, but when you came in the league, guys had to get into shape. Now you see the guys today, they're, they're coming in, they're pretty much ready to go. So how much of it is fine-tuning or how much of it is we need to address certain areas for the season? Well, both a little, but I think, you know, we expect them to come in shape. And, and really, that's been 20 years now where guys have been in shape and, and training camp's always been too long, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, it, it, we expect that, so when there's an outlier here or there, that's a that's a red flag for us. We don't want to have any of those guys. Right. Not as a coach, as a player, what's the perfect length of a training camp? How many weeks or days or hours would it be? Well, perfect is probably a week and two <laughs> games. And, you know, I just think like to the point is guys are all in shape. And, and so that's not really the issue. They need game reps, so you get a couple games in. But I understand. You want to look at your young guys and give them a fair shake, and I get all of it. And, and it just seems to, especially this time when you would want to be excited, everyone's kind of, you look around, everyone's like, enough already. And, and, and that's our job to keep it light and make sure we're teaching, but like you mentioned earlier, enjoying what they're doing so that it doesn't feel like it's dragging on. You've played for a number of head coaches in your career. How have you taken those different styles and, and maybe meshed them into your own coaching style now? Well, I'm not sure, obviously, because I, I don't know what I have, if I have a style yet, <laughs> but I think... You take everything from everyone. I've said this from day one. I mean, I've been around the league a long time. I've had a lot of head coaches that were good and not so good and a lot of in-between. And I think you take a bit of everything that you learned along the way. And, and uh, whatever, at the end of the day, you got to be yourself. And, you know, just trust what you know and your instincts. And, and hopefully it uh, is good enough. Speaking of your instincts, as the head coach, have you found yourself chatting with the refs more or less now? during the uh, preseason games that you've had? Well, I've really tried not to say anything because <laughs> at the end of the day, nobody's going to remember the preseason games and I upset the refs, well, if you, you know, upset them. So, and there really hasn't been anything yeah. to, to get upset about. Um, and so we'll see. I, I, I know it's going to be an issue at some point. It just it always is. I got to, again, I don't want to pre predetermine how I'm going <laughs> to react to stuff because I don't know, but I think, uh, it never helps to get over the emotional at the rest. How has competition helped drive this training camp? And, and how much are you looking forward to just getting down to your group and, and knowing what you have for opening night? Well, I'd love to know right now, but I don't <laughs> because, you know, to your point, we have good competition. And the only way you have competition is you have to have quality players, right? If you don't have good players or enough of them, then there's zero competition because everybody knows what the situation is. Right now, you know, our D, I mean, we know who's going to be around for the most part, but there's still competition there because we actually have more than enough. And that's an awesome thing. And up front, we're still trying to fit the pieces together. So um, 
you want if you're going to have camp this long you better have it competitive right to piggyback off of what michael just said how important are these last two preseason games to shape that roster for you on october well, it is for a lot of guys for sure i mean hopefully it, it, it's clear and and they, the guys that we're looking at step up and play really well and make a case for themselves and and the guys that are, are we know are going to be here they need there's some guys that need to get going so we got to make sure that the you know come opening night these guys got the rust off really good stuff there from Kane's head coach rod brendamore um a real pleasure to talk to it's been nice yeah always always answer with honest and open thoughts yeah you know exactly what rod brendamore is thinking which is i think great for the players it's great for us and i know it's going to be great for the fans because what you see with rod brendamore is what you get and there's no coach speak or mincing of words and the players love it too because michael i don't know how much of a you know, a, a litmus test or a temperature you've taken of the players. But when I asked them, you know, how different is this camp? To a man, they say it's all different. There's more energy. And then when you ask them about playing for Rod Brindamore, it's almost, I hate to say it's a script, but it's the same answer, just told in different ways. You know exactly where you stand with Rod Brindamore. Camp is great. He brings energy. That makes us have that energy. And we, we translate that to what we've been be, what we're able to put out on the ice. So it's been nothing but good things so far for this organization and Rod Brindamore. We talked about earning it uh, before. Uh, head coach Rod Brindamore, I think, touched on, um, you know, earning it and building that foundation. Uh, and one guy who has done just that is Michael Tchaikovsky. I kind of butchered his name there, but a uh, big Slovak defenseman who was brought to camp on uh, a PTO, professional tryout, um, big guy, uh, and turned it into a one-year two-way contract today uh, as he signs his name on the dotted line to join the organization. And that's a guy who has come in and earned his spot on the team. Uh, I don't think, uh, obviously, the, the Hurricanes scouting staff and, and front office staff saw something in him. Uh, in the way he played but as far as the coaching staff or his teammates uh, went no one really knew what to expect and he came in and I think right from day one you kind of took note of okay you know he's a big guy but he can skate Uh, he plays hard kind of gritty not the mascot no let's not (laughs) you know what let's let's stay as far away from that that's Philadelphia's issue not ours and then he got into the uh, the first preseason game and, and scores the first goal of the preseason uh, with just, you know, a simple shot towards the net, throw the puck at the net, good things happen. He put a lot of pucks on net, actually, in that game. Um, and he's he's earned his contract. Uh, that That is the very definition. I think just like we're going to see from Warren Fogle uh, whenever the Hurricanes announce their opening night roster, I think that's exactly what you've seen from Michael Tchaikovsky is just him coming in here, um, working hard, doing everything that, that Brenda Moore has, has asked of him, doing everything the coaching staff has asked of him, um, and, and earning his contract. You've used the term gritty in the good way. Yes. Not the mascot way. <laughs> that being put out there, that's one thing that has been noticeable to me for this team, that there is a little bit more of that sandpaper factor mm-hmm. to how they play the game. You know, how they attack the opponent. And I just can't wait for the regular season to get going. Yeah, and it, it'll be interesting, too, to see, you know, now that he's under contract, has that uh, has the two-way contract. I, I want to say he might start the season in Charlotte. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see in the next week. I think the numbers up here 
uh, kind of dictate that. But what he's done is is he's come into camp and not only earned the contract, but worked his way right into the thick of the Hurricanes' depth charts to where if there's an injury or the Hurricanes need you know some extra grit on the blue line, they know who exactly to turn to. So good on him for, for coming in and and uh, working his way into this organization. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah, and that's such a strength of this team now, Michael, not just one through six, but I could pretty much say maybe one through 11 for the Carolina yeah. Hurricanes on the blue line with what they have, who they're able to call up, the roles that they can fill, and to have a player like Tchaikovsky be able to step in and, and get you some minutes or get you a couple of games if need be. The Canes are in a good spot. I also like to ask this. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. But I usually end up being the only guy asking that okay. question. So <laughs> I'll, I'll – I might have one. Come on. I mean, I don't have one now, obviously, oh, but sometimes I can think on my feet. All right. We've kind of touched on this, but I'm just going to put it out there. This preseason and the results that the Carolina Hurricanes have gotten so far really does matter. Yeah. You're I'm going to keep it? I'm going to take it. I'm going to take right. it and hold on to it and cherish it forever. I think you should. <laughs> because, yeah, I, I do think it matters. I Obviously, in terms of the standings, it doesn't matter. We've been over that. But in terms of everything else, in terms of the process, in terms of just feeling, you know, what winning feels like and, and, and getting that uh, culture building in the locker room of, okay, we're just, we're going to go out, we're going to play hockey and we're going to win games, I think is a very positive step for, you know, a group that hasn't been to the playoffs since 2009, a group that's uh, hungry for playoff hockey, like a guy like Justin Falk, who has never been to the, the playoffs in, in his career. I, I think it's a it's a it's a great step forward for uh, the Hurricanes. It's just preseason, but they're building good habits now, and, and I think it's going to pay off. So yes, I, I I definitely think it matters. Not in the not in the tangible way, but uh, overall big picture, it, it certainly matters. All right, good. That's it. That's it. I brought well. I brought it up earlier that it does matter to me. Yeah. In the, the first half here of episode 58 of the Canes cast, back in training. But it, it matters just from this point to get those feelings in. And who they beat, I mean, I think it doesn't – it won't matter. This is going to be talking out of both sides of my mouth, and I apologize. It doesn't matter to Tampa or Washington or Nashville that the Carolina Hurricanes beat them in the preseason. It doesn't. It doesn't mean one lick to those organizations. Mm. But – for the Hurricanes and the guys trying to build that team identity and that work ethic, it matters that they beat Tampa and Washington and Nashville. So I'm I'm not trying to be you know two faced or two sided on this, right. but I think you you get the point that I'm driving at that it's not just that the Canes are four zero; it's they're four zero against teams that people are saying can win the Stanley Cup or the team that just won the Stanley Cup. And I know it's not their full roster right. and the full complement and the points don't carry over. But to try to build this is what we are, it matters. And, I mean, I would be saying the same thing along those lines for Detroit, which is if you're an organization where people say, oh, you're not going to do this, winning is only a positive. Winning is never a negative when it comes to pro sports. To get that feeling, to get that good feeling of winning, only good things come out of it. Yeah, completely agree. And speaking of that, looking ahead to the – the team's last two preseason games, I think you're going to see much more of a uh, NHL lineup, yep. uh, you know, because the Hurricanes are down in numbers in camp still. 
some tough decisions to be made, some, some, some final training camp cuts to come. And so Friday's game in Washington might be a, a true uh, final chance for some of these kids yeah. to really earn their next day uh, in camp. What do you expect to see out of the Hurricanes in these next two games? Uh, do they finish 6-0? and Does it matter? Um, and who maybe makes a final push to, to stay in Raleigh? Well, that's a that's a lot of questions. That's there. a three pronged oh, question. I don't know if the, I don't know if that's a, a like it keep it. It's not. It's just just a, a three pronged question yeah. for me. Uh, what do I want to see? Exactly what I've seen the last four. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to see no deviation from that, except maybe if you can amp it up and take it to another level. All right, I'm good well, with that. But... I, the regular season is going to jump up another level. Oh, so... it jumps up a notch. Exactly. I mean, got to keep your head on a swivel when you get there. Because things happen quickly. Escalates. Thank you. In a hurry. <laughs> yeah. But I, I want to see them just continue to do what they've done, how they've played, how aggressive they've been, how they have, right from the, the opening faceoff, for the most part this preseason, Michael, they have gotten after the opponent. Yeah, slow like, starts have not been an issue. Yeah, you know, that's something I, I never want to hear the term start on time again. Start on time. Even Throw that out the window. You know, even with the Hurricanes uh, having good starts, you're expecting, you know, that second period pushback from the opponent or the third period pushback even from the opponent. And to the Hurricanes' credit, they've really been able to stave off whatever push uh, the opponent might have, and they've they've continued their dominance throughout the game. All right, so you asked, you know, what do I expect to see? I expect to see that. Does it matter? I think I've gone over the, yeah, it matters for this team just right. because of laying that foundation, that baseline of this is what is expected night in, night out. And if you're going to play the games, you might as well win them. Oh, that's it. I mean, if you're going to keep score, you might as well, especially around here. And, folks, if you're not paying attention, it's been a really good story so far this preseason, and the hockey has been fun. Yeah. it's. I mean, that's... you know, Michael and I, Michael is, is a writer, and he chronicles the team, and he has to write up the post games, and, you know, I, I work for – Fox Sports during the season, but I work for the Carolina Hurricanes. But we're both hockey fans, and I can tell you there's nothing worse than watching a game where it's just slogging through the neutral zone and, you know, we're trying to come up with new ways to stop the other team from scoring. It's fun to watch a team go, no, we're going to attack you tonight. We're going to come after you. What are you going to do to stop us? Yep. And that's how these first four preseason games have happened. The next two, that's why I want to see more of the same. Uh, who else do I think is going to push for a job? That's a great question. Um, I've got one where it's not really pushing for a job. I think we all thought he was on the team, but now he's pushing for a role. That's Hayden Flurry. Mm-hmm. Hayden yep. Flurry has been really good this preseason. I think we all kind of just went in going, well, he's probably on the team. He's probably the seventh defenseman because if you run down the names of, of what we have, and right now the pairings and don't read anything into it, No, but you've got Hamilton and Slavin. You've got Pesci and DeHaan, and then you've got Trevor Van Riemsdyk with Falk. That's been the six. We kind of thought that that's the default six going into opening night. Hayden Fleury has really been noticeable in good ways this preseason. So he's going from, well, he'll be on the team to, will will he be on the team? Maybe there was some question coming into the camp to, well, he's on the team to. Now is he the guy who is in that, that top six mix? And, you know, who's he going to play with? Who will you partner him up with? So Hayden Fleury, he's been fun to watch. Another guy who's still here. And I think if the Hurricanes have their their way, their wish to, their want list, it's they have a guy who is a natural center playing center with Victor Rask being out. Nick Waugh is still here. Mm-hmm. 
And while he hasn't been showing up on the score sheet, say the way that Andrei Svechnikov has, or we've seen Marty Nachos, I think we have seen that he's a big body who's capable, and he's not afraid to go to the net. So he's still here. I think if he plays Friday night against Washington, that's all right, go out there and punch your ticket to play Sunday in the Kaniac Carnival when that's happening here. Go and punch your ticket to see if we can, if there's a spot for you here to be that guy on, on the fourth line or to be on the opening night roster. It's been fun to watch the competition unfold because there are uh, a number, a guy like Yannick Wokenen, who made the team out of camp yep. last year, I think right now if you were to put you know a cut line, he's probably on, for him, the the wrong side of that, but but knocking on the door uh Well, with the Ryder loudly. Cup going on, we could use golf terms. Yes. He Go is on. He is at the cut line. He's on the bubble. Yes, he I, and and that's where I, I think you kind of expected him to be there. But the emergence of uh, Warren Fogle, yes, um, uh, the opening that that Victor Rask has created in the middle for for somebody like Lucas Walmarker or Nick Waugh, uh, Valentin Zikov, who's come in and and has looked good. He's looked exactly how you would expect him to play. He goes to the net. Uh, he gets in those gritty areas, bangs in pucks on uh, on the power play. Uh, so it, it's created this situation where suddenly Kuokinen is is uh, facing maybe a numbers game. Uh, he's definitely, I think you saw the beginning of last year, he has skill. Uh, he's got vision. He's got hockey IQ. Maybe he starts the season in Charlotte and, and works his way up after. But he's a guy who uh, is is for sure on the bubble and is going to have to really make a statement here. Uh, over the weekend if, if he wants to remain on the roster for opening night. Yeah, uh, and I just think that there's a, an opportunity, like you'd mentioned, for other guys that have kind of walked through the door and have taken their shot, and they're still here. Mm-hmm. I would have thought maybe a week ago Nick Waugh would be on that list of already going back down to Charlotte and getting ready for Checkers training camp, but he's still here because of the opening, and he's done things the right way. So it'll be interesting. And we go back, we've already talked about the goalies, but I've been – Really, really surprised in a great way with what the goaltending has done so far this preseason. And that goes beyond Scott Darling and Peter Mrazek. Yeah. I think that Alex Nedeljkovic has been really good when called upon so far this preseason. And the little bit that you saw of Callum Booth, I mean, those are, are the things that you're looking at to just have a building block for a guy and, and want to come back here. And the one good thing that I think is coming out of this camp, everybody who – has been reassigned, knows exactly where they stand with the organization. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any of this, oh, well, we really like you, but it's the – I think that the coaching staff and the front office has done, this is why you're going here right now. This is what you need to do to get back here. And that's all players want at the end of the day, Michael. It really, truly is. And there's – you know it, and I think that you've kind of sensed it too. There's a different feeling around this hockey club right now where yeah. this 4-0 doesn't feel like a, a fool's gold start. Yeah. for the Carolina Hurricanes. This feels closer to a real thing than, ah, it's just preseason hockey. Yeah, and we won't know for sure until the regular season gets going and the games start to count and the points start to add up and everything. But it does – it's tough to describe. Um, but it does feel different than in years past, just the way this team is carrying itself both on and off the ice. And that's a good thing. It's a it's a really good thing. Uh, and, and hopefully it continues into the regular season – which begins on Thursday, October 4th, when the Hurricanes host the New York Islanders here at PNC Arena. And we've got two tickets. What do we have? Two tickets. Two? Two lower-level tickets to opening night. What? 
and it's so easy for you to win. Yes. Uh, all you have to do is screenshot uh, the fact that you're subscribed, you're listening to this podcast. Maybe that you've given us five stars. Yep, that might help as well. Post it to social media uh, using hashtag Canescast so we can find it. And we'll pick a winner at random and yes. announce it on the show on Monday. So that is use the hashtag Canescast, taking a picture of you with a screenshot that you are listening to Canescast. Hey, perhaps this one, I mean, it would help, episode yeah. number 58. And if you are so inclined to give us a five-star rating on uh, uh, the iTunes store, we'd be fine with that. Yeah. I don't know how Google Play works. Do they have a rating for nope. Google? Nope, just okay. iTunes. So iTunes, give us the five, and uh, I'm not saying, but just saying, that could sway our randomly picked <laughs> winner for the tickets on opening night. But it will be random. And we'll announce it on episode 59 uh, which will be hitting the internet on Monday because I think we're we're both in Raleigh on Monday. Yeah, as far as as far as I know, we are. Yeah. And we'll we'll be able to recap the preseason and give away this pair of tickets to opening night. You don't want to miss the roster. Will more than likely be 100% set. Yes, on very Monday close. as well. Very so. close because the the league does start playing on uh, Wednesday, October 3rd, and I believe final rosters are due the afternoon of the second. Yes. So, uh, it'll be it'll be getting right down to it. You don't want to miss opening night. Uh, get your tickets if you haven't got them already. Um, some great offers available, including the, yeah, the don't wait value for pack. don't wait for winning tickets from us. Think of us as a supplement. Yes, uh, it's you know it's a, a a good opportunity to put your name in the ring, uh, but it's it's just one pair of tickets. So if, that's it. Yeah, so. it it should be good. Uh, look forward to giving these away on Monday on episode fifty nine of Kane's Cast. We appreciate everyone who listens. Oh, yes. Apologize that we haven't uh, provided excellent insight analysis and interviews during the last week and a half or so. Well, yeah. here's why. Michael travels with the team for all of the, the preseason action. I usually stay behind for preseason, mm-hmm. but I did travel to Nashville. Yeah, so, TV game preseason. So Tuesday, yeah, we, and which was great. It's, yeah. it's great to get – you know, a little bit of preseason action in for us, too. It's preseason for everybody, as they say. Yes. But uh, we've been doing a lot of traveling. I had to go to Los Angeles for Fox Sports, and then I was in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota over the weekend, which, uh, other than the final score of the game that I went to, had a great time. Uh, got a recommendation, too, for the old schoolers. Oh. If you like a steakhouse in Minneapolis, Murray's. Oh. It's one of the oldest steakhouses. If not, I think the... The oldest currently or consecutively run or open steakhouse. It's uh, it's in Minneapolis. Steaks were amazing. Feel free to fact check us on that. Yep, Murray's, M U R R. And we had one of our one of our listeners who we recommended to go to Gabriel's Gate went to Gabriel's Gate in Buffalo and very much enjoyed it. That's a that's a great spot. It is an awesome spot. Can't wait for the wings. Yeah, that we got to wait till February though. I was just gonna say when is that? February. Okay. It's uh, I'll game bring a two. Coat. Game two of the road trip where we uh, start off in Pittsburgh, go to Buffalo, then play the Rangers, then play the Devils, and then hop over the border and finish up in Ottawa. A tour of the Northeast. Yeah. Got, got, got a couple of road trips started. So perfect. That's it. So that's and I think that's it, right? I think that's it for episode fifty-eight yes. of Kane's Cast. He is TV's Mike Maniscalco, and he is the Web's Michael Smith. We'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Thank you.